What's going on, everybody? This is James Grandmaster Facts Boyce, and you're here for another episode of the Facts Project. Today, very special guest, somebody I've been trying to have here for a long time. So I present to you Lloyd, Tasha, Midnight Comics. We are here to talk about The Gray and Imani, which is live on Kickstarter right now. Thank you for being here to both of you. Oh, yeah. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Absolutely. So when we get down to it, and no, I've been a fan for a while because I do have this collection. This is the first time that we've had the opportunity to talk. Um, now when you first put this company together, um, what year was it, by the way? Uh, 2020, 2020. Yep. So we're talking about literally in the midst of the pandemic. Now, what basically surfaced into both of y'all's minds about, you know what? It's time. Let's put it out there and get this, get this comic company going. What, what inspired you and what made it, made it come true? Okay. So actually what, five years ago. Mm-hmm. We were watching a lot of stuff and getting back into comics and stuff heavy, like we used to be, like when we were younger, like mm-hmm. really getting back into it. And we were talking a lot about anime as well and just looking into certain story aspects and just like certain tropes that we were like, mm-hmm. it's time to be done with that or uh, other things. We we're just like, we could have done that better. And just, and I started telling him, I was like, you know what? You started working on a comic in high school, didn't you? Mm-hmm. That you've done nothing with. And, you know, I've been writing for years. We should make our own comics now and tell our own stories through the medium of comics because, like, I have a novel and a poetry book, but didn't mm-hmm. have comics out. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I feel like comics is a good medium for us because we've been so involved in that for our entire lives mm-hmm. and so i spent that time trying to convince him <laughs> that we should do it yeah okay and so, so thank god for tasha first and foremost uh, absolutely because <laughs> otherwise this would not be anywhere right now honestly it'd be on a shelf somewhere <laughs> <laughs> so the first project to actually like hit hit our hands i believe was it was it these yeah the manga, the yeah. manga. yeah so you decided to go manga first so initially and no i i have it here so i was like okay i got a black manga company company but but of course at the end of the day i was like all right i got all these three but then you decided to evolve a little bit more it was like we're not one-dimensional at all the um the only reason why the manga came out first is Mm -hmm. because we couldn't find the four artists that we wanted for tales from midnight one initially tales from midnight one was gonna have since it was four different stories Mm-hmm. One of four different artists. A little too ambitious for just starting out, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, yeah. it worked out, I think. I mean, we found one artist to do it. But anyway, long story short, manga came out first because we found the manga artist first. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, but the ideas for all, all of these stories have been there. Yeah. Understood, understood. Now, basically, what was the inspiration? If it was, if it was anime, it was anime. If it was the comic books that you read as a kid, it's that. But you um tasha you basically brought up the fact that you've read some stories and was like i could have did that a little bit better was it something like that yes i mean it was both of us were kind of like that yeah because um the big catalyst that really got him <laughs> to join me in saying we should do this was the end ending of naruto mm-hmm. mm. um, we talked a lot in about how they should have first off lost at moder mm-hmm. moder should have won yep and Baruto shouldn't exist. But of course, you know, we're big uh what fans is fans? of the theory oh. that uh Baruto is a fever dream. Right. They're all in the infinite oh. 
That's 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 the story. And the ending of Boruto, he saves the day, but the sad tragedy is he never truly exists. Yeah. You know what? I like that. <laughs> if, if it's merely a theory where it's essentially somebody just waking up and it was all just made up. Everybody got what they wanted. Right. That was the point of the infinite Tsukuyomi. Mm. Just say. Just say. Then I have to agree with you there. But <laughs> now you didn't when you when you put this out, like it wasn't just, you know, issue zero. I'm put out, you know, like another like 28 to 30 pages and just be done with it. You put it out as a three pack. Right. Now so, not a lot of people get to do that. No. Mm-hmm. No. Not at all. Now, to be fair, the first two released on their own. Mm-hmm. Finally, did a Kickstarter for the third one. It was like, well, was we to... have the other ones, so it we only well. makes sense to put them all in there. Mm. Now, did you decide to go Kickstarter first, or were you like selling these independently beforehand? Independently beforehand, yeah. um, the confidence for Kickstarter didn't like arise until really this year. Like mm-hmm. we did one last year, but like this year really was like, okay, we can do this. But yeah. at first, I mean, we got we got the books done and we would just go to pop-up shops and sell them to try to essentially make money for the next one. Right. Um, so yeah, yeah, no, no Kickstarter at first, for the first two years, really. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we did one, one last year, one and a half years. <laughs> there we go. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> now, my first familiarity to you guys was, of course, through, through IG. And yeah. I know, of course, during COVID, there was a big splash of black creative talent that was pretty much out there uh, mm-hmm. supporting each other, sharing each other's work, mm-hmm. doing exactly what was needed in order for us to bolster ourselves because, you know, we were all in the house yeah. and we felt like if it was, uh, if it was just us sharing each other's ideas and storylines that were being put out there, it was just, it was just going to be that. Mm-hmm. So essentially like, what what friendships and peer groups started to happen amongst you guys? Uh man. So it started, I would have to say FTO was one of the first ones mm. in the comic game. Yeah. It definitely was real. Like, yeah, D and I have actually become quite close friends yeah. at this point. Like we chat up, chatted up like every day. Regularly. And then, <laughs> yeah, and we found out that he lives like 30 minutes up the street well, from us. He didn't used to. He moved closer. Well, we all lived in the same year, state. But yeah. okay. Yeah, he's, he's from Atlanta. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So we're right down so here. He lives as well. literally 15 minutes away from us. Yeah. Mm. Um, he was the first one for sure in the indie comic space or in just the blurred space, really. Um, if you're familiar with um, well, we can tell James for sure, King of Blurs. It used to be Blurred Box. He's yeah. we actually have an advertiser for him and FTO in the yeah, um, first. in Tales from Midnight One. Mm-hmm. Those had to have been on like day one, folks, and then. When we went to Atlanta Comic Con, that expanded, met. and we met That's Lonzo and Anaji and like yeah. the whole concrete crew. Yeah, and they have been such a huge help in this space for sure. Um, from finding artists to advice on how to release things, confidence boosters, and starting to do Kickstarter. Right, becoming the older brother I never asked. To becoming the elder brother she never asked for. <laughs> like it's yeah, Lonzo can get like that sometimes. Yeah. I, knowing knowing these brothers personally, because literally we 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 know the same people. I know how Lonzo is, by the way. So yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he he gets funny in his quips and everything like that, but he's dead serious about what he's talking about. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so. Uh, now we're looking at it right uh was it uh four kickstarters in uh, a few years have passed it's now two, 2023 
you've had the opportunities to do uh, Tales from Midnight, one, two, you've done Unbeloved, three issues at once, Soul came out. Now we're basically into, uh, your, Tasha, you're getting your time to shine now. Because mm -hmm. the Grey's out, Imani's out. We now have a female presence within this entire universe, even though we had some with the Unbeloved. You know, so it's like you feel like that 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 the story that you're telling now and how it's incorporated into the company is making the roster that much bigger. Yeah, I, I have to admit, it's crazy that like Soul came out first. That was based off the vote. The fan vote, honestly, is why Soul came out first, mm -hmm. because we actually have more female led stories right. in our roster. Yeah. <laughs> So it was crazy that it's like all this um, attention was on soul. And now we're finally getting the ladies to start rolling out. But it's been really fun writing these, mm -hmm. especially the gray and, um, and no, let's we'll say the blue morpho, oh. which isn't out yet. <laughs> but those, those have been the most fun I've been having writing a story in general in a long time. Mm. It's, the, the gray like this first issue is fun it's cool and we kind of we get into her and see her geekiness and all that stuff but once we get past this first issue it's going to delve into you're going to see me having a ball okay <laughs> writing story so shamika day mm -hmm. who's the title character in in the gray mm -hmm. uh stem student severely smart like mm -hmm. incredibly smart Yes. STEM student, you know, saying basically just beyond the charts, IQ wise. How much of Shamika Day is you? The geek, the nerdy geek who loves anime and superheroes is mm -hmm. the extent of which Shamika is anything like me. Okay, just <laughs> in you... space. While I am quite interested in it, and my, my favorite anime is Sailor Moon, so there's a lot of you know space stuff in there I, i'm really more into it for the mythology uh the mythology side of sailor moon okay Plus, but the space interest and stuff definitely came more from him <laughs> and i just thought that's a really cool concept we should definitely go with it oh, okay so you haven't had the time to manipulate black holes lloyd Sadly. <laughs> um where did this power scale come from um man just the love of the mysteries of space. Again, messing with black holes and the fear of particle accelerators and the effect on the planet with them and stuff. Just what if she was able to harness that? And it goes right back to our roots of the what ifs and the fanfics. Okay, we saw the fear of it. And let's say it's real. What would people do with it? Right. And so just kind of evolving from there. But yeah, the power scaling thing. And as again, with the mysteries and stuff, we get to grow with her and right. see what all can you do what true effect do these things have and stuff so anyway yeah uh, yeah absolutely love it. i think that does help in a lot of our writing we approach it kind of the same way as the what if where it's like okay we've taken these characters we build them now what if this happens to them mm -hmm. all right how would they react how would normal people react right if they right. saw this stuff happening five years from now how is and the then, world acting with right. this type of technology are there safeguards what is mm -hmm. the contingency plan all of these what ifs yeah. Form right into the story so yeah because yeah, generally when somebody has an extreme power scale or or better yet a weapon that nobody's ever heard from they're usually the first ones to get hunted and basically in the in issue zero that mm -hmm. little cliffhanger 
somebody's basically like looking out for her, trying to like trying to hunt her down. And that's where we get into this first issue. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, like the buildup of this universe that you guys created, whether it's from Tales from Midnight or what you're creating now with your solo characters, Mm-hmm. Is the potential for crossover that much more inevitable? Mm, there's definitely potential. Currently, they are definitely their own, like standalone issues and stories. Mm-hmm. But if we can do crossovers with other people, there's no limit on we we can do with our own stuff. Right. Got you. Okay. Okay. So outside of that in a combination with this Kickstarter, it's not only the the, the gray, but it's Edmani. Mm-hmm. So we get to a young, uh, virile teenager named Fatima, who her, this, this is almost an allegory for her mental health mm-hmm. as far as her power scale and how you described it. Explain to us, like, what the storyline for Edmani uh, is administered basically through this Kickstarter and this story alone first off i would love to thank you for pronouncing both of those names correctly (laughs) (laughs) no problem (laughs) Uh, but basically admani is like you said it's about fatima she's 17 years old she's in high school and she struggles a lot with mental health you know how a lot of us especially in black households grew up dealing with things like depression and anxiety and we were pretty much told you know depress those dishes you don't have depression you know do this do that essentially mental health is never taken seriously in the black community correct and so essentially this is just putting a light on it but of course it's a comic so we kind of add i start i kind of added a little more to it by giving her fire powers that essentially have been gifted to her in a sense Mm -hmm. but she's not quite ready for the gift and so much like her mental stability the fires the powers are kind of out of control Mm. and so now she has to try to figure out how to deal with both her mental instability and the instability of the roaring flame that could at any moment destroy everything so she's literally like a walking bomb in a sense yes oh wow so the angry like anger yeah except more lethal oh man (laughs) (laughs) So like a Captain Adam Firestarter combo, like firsthand in the in those type of type of glitches. Like Firestarter would like started out as like a little girl mm-hmm. who had these anger issues more so because she was stripped from her parents and you know, like she couldn't control her rage. Right. You know. And uh Captain Adam, you know, self-explanatory with him. Right. right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Versus Captain Adam. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, maybe city blocks, Captain Adam just driven. For yeah. sure. <laughs> like I used to be in the military. Like Captain Mad- Captain Adam reminds me of somebody that was like an EOD expert. The w- the one person that says if he tells you to run, go, oh. <laughs> <laughs> get out of there right now. <laughs> Word. So um, essentially, uh, you you decided for a shorter campaign this time around. Yeah. Why is that? Um. Okay. We are experimenting, trying to find that happy medium. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we won't take full credit. This is kind of discussions that we've had with Lonzo as well. Um, and we're both really trying to find the happy medium of what makes a successful Kickstarter 
running in 30, 40, 60 days, right? Like, eh, yeah. the, the, the most beneficial points in time for a Kickstarter are usually at the very beginning and at the very end. Right. Um, you know, and so last time around we did 20 days. Uh concrete comics, they did 14 days or 15 days on their mm-hmm. previous one. And so this time around, we tried 14 days. And so trying to find that happy medium of the ask, what do we need, and the time frame mm-hmm. to guarantee a successful Kickstarter to bring out these books um in a quicker capacity, if you would. Um, because at the end of the day, obviously we want to be able to bring these books out faster and all the books that we bring to Kickstarter are already done. Mm -hmm. So we want to make sure that we have this um, consistent release of, of content uh, for for the fans, for the community. So. Right. And look, congratulations, because it only took eight hours. Mm -hmm. Right. Thank you. Thank you. you. So not a lot of people have the ability to say that. And it takes a lot, I guess. One thing about the independent comic community, community, if you if you haven't promoted right the first time and you haven't evolved in your marketing and you're not out there mm-hmm. politicking, touching hands, shaking hands, kissing babies, yeah, you know what yeah. I'm saying now is you know now we have the ability to actually like reach these comic cons. You've actually just came from one when you you just came from DreamCon. Uh, if if you could describe that 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 whole uh, that whole week, um, so. Unfortunately, Tasha couldn't go, so I'm sorry again. Yeah, yeah, we've I got to keep the children. Yeah, we got three kids, man. Understood. It's, yeah, but um, it was a movie, dude. It was amazing. We went together last year, and there was like eight thousand people. Mm-hmm. This year it was twenty thousand plus. That's what I heard. Yeah, it felt every every bit as much, and it was amazing. We had people. Um, and I, I guess I'll talk about the, my favorite part. Really, was the fact that first off, there's people that came last year bought stuff from us was like what do you have new i'm so excited but then there was other people that were there vending that said that we inspired them last year to Mm. go forward with their passion um so two different groups two different people that vent with two different vendors were there specifically said you guys inspired us to move forward with our dreams and we're doing it and i was just like this is crazy the love like of course we went in this trying to bring representation in the comic you know, into the comic game right more mm-hmm. more people of color in the forefront yeah um right and we're you know we're thinking like our kids you know and other people that are striving to be storytellers and stuff like that but it didn't click the level of impact that we could potentially have until this past dreamcon that was just like wow wow we are really like making a difference so uh, that that was probably my favorite part about it. Of course, that was the fun side. We talk- <laughs> now the fun side, right? They were, we got to go to this mixer. We got to meet a bunch of people. You know what I'm okay. saying? Like it was a that was amazing. You, you know? got to come home. I got to come home. Right? We talked about that briefly. I went in there with fifty three dollars. There was a lot of that life stuff happened, and when I when we landed in Texas, I had fifty dollars to my name. I had no idea how I was making it back. And I had 600 books and posters and I lost the posters in an Uber. And I'm like, oh my gosh, everything is going wrong. And I made it home. We sold everything. I didn't have to bring any books back with me. It was, it was glorious. Friday to Sunday, everything got out there. It was, it was a really good weekend. 600 books. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. Okay. See, yeah, you, uh, 
you never know who you who you're gonna hit. Look, I I got your product in my house. Yes. You know, <laughs> that's saying Thank something. You. you know what I mean? So I mean, essentially, the one thing I wanted to describe, I, I think I talked about it last week. I had Jack Harris Jr. on the show uh, for Terminus Veil. And the oh. one thing I, I talked about with him, and I know he was at DreamCon as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, we talked about the fact that Georgia, Atlanta mm -hmm. is having like a high peak uprising in independent creators mm -hmm. that I've noticed. I mean, even since Onaji back when concrete yeah. first started and everything like that to where dragon con and atlanta comic-con have turned into almost like this mecca of creators that have mm -hmm. like of course surfaced over the past i'm gonna say since the 2018 and it's gotten yeah. bigger and now mm -hmm. i'm starting to see a lot more creators from georgia what is the comic scene like or better huh? or better yet the the blurred scene like in atlanta right now or better yet even georgia as a whole it's like you said it's definitely grown we have yeah. you know we have these uh there's events down here like controllerize the lag tech and mm -hmm. chill and it is you know there's a lot of different hubs if you would yeah. for the blurred space um out here far. now for us Crap. it is kind of you know because <laughs> we don't live close to the highway but yeah it's still like you know <laughs> it's amazing to see the transformation because again like you mm -hmm. said Kind of hard pressed to really find those mm -hmm. kind of safe spaces um like that and so yeah there's a huge boom right now uh massive boom and the comic creators it's growing I think, yeah there's more here than we realize than we realize like yeah. we mm. of course knew about godhood godhood's on out the here other side mm -hmm. yep. uh, we knew about homeless homeboy because we stay in the same area yeah we're in the mm -hmm. same county uh, again 15 minutes up the street yeah but okay. then we also is out, out here yeah specs is out here uh it's, legacy it's of the view uh yeah, yeah. I, I got his stuff right behind me yeah. he lives up i don't think so no okay but yeah but so there's another guy that lives in stone mountain it's year. there it, the comic scene is there and though and you know they're definitely the more prominent ones in the in the area it's still a light market in that regard mm -hmm. in regards to just are. the boom and blurdom and spaces and mm -hmm. you know just anime and just all geek and stuff like that and comics as a whole that's definitely had a recent explosion in the last couple years i think it's because sure. everybody is always moving to atlanta <sighs> please stop please stop um. a terrible about can't <laughs> handle too many more look <laughs> it's gotten to the point where it's impacting us that are that are in the metro area <laughs> i want to get speak on it Please, please stop upping the housing costs. I want to move. <laughs> All right, yo, look, hey, I totally understand. I mean, I'm I'm in New Jersey, but okay, yeah, I'm in, I'm in like Atlantic City, so uh, people tend to stay far away from the suburbs and they leave the casino area to themselves. So that's that's just me. Um, but outside of that, your dynamic. Being a being a, a married couple who happened to have this ideal of putting together stories for anybody of like-minded space to read and fall in love with and follow you and contribute to your passion. What is that like? Depends on the day. 
<laughs> sometimes it is a blast. Sometimes it is annoying. <laughs> the truth. And it's, yeah, it's something we dive into. We recently started a podcast. Yeah. Uh-huh. Why not? Uh, called The Midnight Snack, where we just talk about and dive into what it's like working together, what mm-hmm. it's like working with three kids who are also mm-hmm. homeschooled. So they're home all day. They're, they're not out the house um, unless they're like at a friend's house or something. But when we, yeah, we really just dive into all of that. Yeah. And it's it's been an interesting journey. journey. Yeah. There are days when it's overwhelming. Yeah. Right. There are days I feel overworked. Because we, uh, we this work... isn't the only thing I do for yeah. sure creatively. And then he has a nine to five. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's very interesting the the work dynamic, but because we we are we work very differently. Very. But it makes things so interesting and like she said, fun at times. And then I we're gonna be honest, I get on her nerves quite often with the way I work. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's like a five percent in there where I'm the annoying one. Anyway. <laughs> as long as you're in agreement. There we go. Right, right, right. <laughs> But I, I think at the end of the day, um, the fact that you've had the opportunity to manage it and put out product projects at a consistent pace, yeah, mm-hmm. um, has only bolstered this type of following. Has only contributed to the amount of fans that you have, which also, of course, has in, incorporated the the influence that you've. Literally, you just talked about it with DreamCon. Like, you know, that that doesn't come around too often. Uh, most people, when they're putting out their passion projects, they're just looking for one person. Yeah. A one person to be like, yo, I really dig that. And they're fine with that. As long as I contribute to, like, one person's uh, agreement into what I'm doing, totally made my day. You happen to have uh, an opportunity to put out Kickstarters to where they're funded in eight hours and you pretty much have like close to about 100 people buying your comics on a website that consistently just updates daily, you know? <laughs> so, and and notably, you've had the fact to where you've sold 600 comics at DreamCon recently within a weekend of three days. Yeah. So, you know, I say you're doing pretty good. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, it, as far as where, uh, you want to go, if there's a contributing factor to the future of midnight comics and how you, how you're looking to grow, what, is, what's in the future in the next couple of years? Well, personally, I would love to get an animation. I would love animation. I would agree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That would be um massive uh we're working on an audio drama right now mm-hmm. um and i think that has really added kind of fuel yeah. to the fire of wanting an animation because hearing um so kira uh room full of blurs mm-hmm. is going to be doing the voice of the gray in our audio drama man is she professional. and she is literally she is our robert downey jr to iron man right yeah. now. oh and yes yeah. She and is. so hearing her play the gray, it's just like, yeah, I so mean, led to so many ideas. Um, yeah, I know she told us to stop gushing. So we'll stop gushing. gushing. She told you to stop gloating <laughs> to her. You can talk about right. her here. 
Let's talk about it. <laughs> yeah, so she's doing a phenomenal job. Oh, so we have some ideas, one of which will possibly reveal during the Kickstarter. But again, mm-hmm. animation is definitely the next step. And if we get something done, we would love for her to continue at work as the gray yes. in that animation. Most definitely. So definitely, definitely something in the book's coming soon, for sure. That is what's happening. Because, I mean, I know a lot of people wanting it, want to get into live action adaptations. And that's all well and good. Mm-hmm. But I look as, I always look at it, I think I spoke about it maybe around like four weeks ago. I talked about the medium of comic books and the aesthetic that's usually put into the art. Mm-hmm. it's something that you really can't get in live action it's something that's more so brought out a little bit more vividly in animation you can do so much anime more. comics cartoons however you want to put it mm-hmm. that's just me no that's that's true no, no you, know. you, just, you could do so much more with animation than you can with mm-hmm. live action when it comes to these kinds of mediums and it just always makes m- so much more makes sense. sense yep and usually yeah. comes out way better. Yeah, I have to agree. <laughs> I mean, God, I mean, watching Dragon Ball as much as I've had, I mean, God, it, the fight would last two months. Right. <laughs> oh, Frieza said five minutes. We'd still five, watch the same. Five minutes. Y'all still staring at each other. Which, <laughs> five minutes anime time, guys. Come on. You know this by now. <laughs> okay. All right. I have to. Right. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> but um, look, if for if anything, I I'm I'm happy to have you guys here. Um, this is this is a good talk. Um, now how many days you got left on this Kickstarter? Nine, nine days. Nine. nine. See how yeah. quick this shit goes. This is yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, I look forward to exactly where you're at at the end of this. I'm pretty sure because now you're doing these shortened Kickstarters and this is an experiment and it seems like a success already. Yeah, <laughs> there'll be more of these. Oh yeah. Um, but and I'm not sure how fast you two work, but I'm looking forward to more projects in the future. So this is this is good. We work fast enough we, to where the next issues the, are almost done. Um, right, right. October. <laughs> we're only in the middle of con season, by the way. You know, so right. you know. That's true. I mean, I don't know if you guys even make it up this way to the East Coast. You do you do a lot of down south stuff, but that's you know. trying to go to J One Con. So we'll see how that pans out for that's sure. In Atlantic City, yeah, mm-hmm. that's so, right up here, right next to my job. Wow. Really? Yeah, it's right next to my job. Oh wow! Yeah. So you're going to be there for sure. Oh okay. yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm usually, I'm usually there. Yep. I missed Brooklyn just because finance issues popped up. Because totally understood. And and the thing is, I I also get the fact, and I actually love it that there is a regional aspect to a lot of indie comics. Mm-hmm. You know, like the, the fact that we have you know comic cons that are pretty much regional, and everybody there's a big one in the south. There's a few there's a few big ones in the south. There's a few big ones on the east coast, and then there's I mean they call it the mecca over there, San Diego Comic Con, but they never invite us. But <laughs> that's that's a whole nother uh, podcast, right? There. Oh, yeah, 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 it is, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but, you know, essentially, you know, there's there's always a place to go. Um, But once again, I appreciate the both of you continue to do what you're doing. I feel as though uh, you guys have uh, a lot of room that you're going to build through. And I expect to see a lot more projects that you guys have in the future. Thank you. Thank you. you. For sure. For sure. (laughs) So, look, from J1 
James Graham, Master Facts Boys, Lloyd, Tasha, Midnight Comics, uh, Admani is Admani and the Gray are live on Kickstarter right now. Like they said, nine days left. Go out there and get that. Thank you again. So from the both of us, the three of us, yep. we <laughs> are out. Yep.